Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Hey everyone, it's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there is a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with insights, tips, best practices, and breathing room from the critical work we do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. And we are super excited for a very special guest today. We have with us Elizabeth Neindorf, who is a leader um, in a school building. So Elizabeth, welcome. We're so glad to have you here. If you can just introduce Uh, yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about you, and then we'll get started. Awesome. Um, So my name is Elizabeth Neindorf. I am an instructional coach um, in North Carolina at Jacksonville Commons, Um, and I have been teaching. This will be my, well, I guess this is eighth year, but I'm not in the classroom. So this is my first year in the role as an instructional coach. Um, So up to that point, I had taught in um, various settings from kindergarten all the way through college level. So kind of all over the place. So as a first year of instructional coach, how, how is it going? How has your year been? Um, describe how, you know, not only is this your first year as an instructional coach, but also what a year we've had. So you can just give us a little <laughs> insight. For sure. Um, so uh, this year has obviously been extremely different for me. Um, the kids came back two days at first and then the teacher's Um, That was like very overwhelming for, I think, a lot of them Um, and me showing up to a new campus. I didn't want it to be um, too burdensome of of anything that I did with them. So I think the priority whenever I first got here was um, what can I do to make this transition easiest for the teachers Um, with them transitioning with just having their kids for two days? Like I just was thinking, like, if I were going back to the classroom, like this would be a nightmare. Um, So what can I do to to kind of alleviate some of that for the teachers. Um, So a lot of what I did in the beginning was um, giving them breaks. So I did a whole uh, month where all I did was go in the teacher's classrooms and give them a 30 minute break. And I read the kids a book. I did a little ELA mini session and then um, let them come in my office, had a snack and a little drink for them. And they just got to take a break. Um, And I think so many of them really appreciate that because they, that recognition of like, this is insanity this year. So recognizing that and knowing that we really don't have a break in our day right now, um, I think was super important to them. That's so nice that you were able to put yourself in their shoes, especially having been a teacher so recently. It's just like, okay, what would I want right now? And that is time. And you gave your teachers that gift, which folks don't get off in these days, no matter what you're doing. So I'm sure they really appreciated that. Yeah, they definitely needed that. Um, just the extra time. Um, um, not having their kids all the time and then having to manage the technology piece if they've never managed that before. Um, I was constantly telling the, asking the kindergarten teachers. Um, I taught kindergarten for six months and it was face-to-face and it was pre-COVID. So like normal kindergarten. Um, and I told the kindergarten teachers, I was like, whatever you need from me, let me know. Cause I don't even know how you start kindergarten with them only coming two days a week. Like you just let me know, like whatever you need me to do. So um, I spent a lot of time talking with them about, you know, how can I best support you? How do you do kindergarten online? I don't really know, but um, we managed. 
So how have your strategies evolved as the year has gone on? And what are some other uh, kind of practical, tactical ways that you've been supporting educators in this hybrid environment? Um, so a lot of what I've been doing, um, I guess, from like, if you're talking about the transition to so the beginning of the year, it was a lot of just being there type support, like being like their little cheerleader in the background, like you've got this, like, what do you need for me? Um, and going in there and being very specific is like, okay, like, you, you know, you're having a hard time with this remote thing, getting that piece done, like, let's tackle that together, um, and trying to do whatever they needed me to do at that time. Um, and then as the year went on, we came back four days a week in October. So then um, what that looked like was completely different. And now we're ramping back up for five days after spring breaks. So going back into that, because the teachers have gotten very comfortable with having Wednesdays as our planning day, um, because it has allowed for more like team planning to actually happen. And for me to be able to jump in into all of their planning sessions to support them through planning. Um, and now they're looking at going back to the five days. So where it is only that 45 minute planning period um, each day. So keeping that kind of stuff in mind, like they're going to need like a plan in place. How are we going to best support you in that? And so I've been doing a lot of um, co-teaching with uh, a few of the different grade levels and working with kindergarten right now, second grade um, and fourth grade and trying to get them more prepped for more small group. Now that we're coming back full force, like we're going to try to get more of that targeted instruction for the kiddos, um, especially as we're ramping up for assessment. So um, doing as much co-teaching with them as I possibly can, I think right now, which is totally different from what I was doing at the beginning, which was really just kind of whatever they needed, even if that was like, go make copies or we laminate this, like that's kind of the beginning of the year. Whereas now I'm really in the classrooms and uh, getting to actually be more hands-on with them as far as their uh, instruction for their classrooms. I love how you frame the support that you give, because I think sometimes folks might say like, I'm, I'm giving PD on small group instruction, but you're framing it as I'm, I'm supporting my teachers in the transition and this is what they need. And just putting them at the center um, and just thinking about them as like a whole and, and yeah, exa exactly what it is, what they need is, is I think a little, unfortunately a little bit unique, but I'm curious, like, did you always have that mindset? Do you think it's because you were a teacher recently? Like how did, how did you develop that? that framing and how you support your teachers? Um, I think it's something that I've always had because um, when I went to school my graduate pro through my graduate program, that's always been my focus. Like I feel like even when I was going, um, so I have a master's in uh, educational administration. And even then my focus was always, how can we best support the teachers? Because um, ultimately, right, if the teachers feel supported by whoever is supposed to be there to support them, then they can then go do their jobs because they're all professionals and I think they should be treated as such. So if I can do what they need from me, then they can then go and do what we need done for the kids. So, true. so I think it's always been there. Like, I just think that's just part of, I, I just think that that's what teachers need most um, over everything else. So what are some additional ways that you have been um, supporting kind of teachers well-being? That's what we're hearing. That's what I'm hearing um, in what you're sharing is that you're meeting teachers where they are. I mean, time in the beginning is huge. If you ask any educator, what do they need? They need time. They need time to process all of this. Like it was a huge lift last year at this time then summer, then back to school and the continued uncertainty. But are there other uh, creative things that you've done to help support you know, teachers' well-being? Um, 
I think, yes. I mean, we've been, doing, I've been trying to do a whole lot of like recognition um, for the teachers. So um, of course we use our iReady program and the kids have their own competition, but I've also been doing like a teacher of the month um, and having them be recognized for what it is that they're doing within their classrooms. And it's varied uh, month by month of what we're being, like what trait we're looking at, just like we would do with the kids, like the student of the month for this trait. Um, I'm doing the same thing with the teachers um, when it comes to what they're doing in instruction. And so they get to walk around with a, a, a crown on and a cape and um, I give them some little prizes and they get to keep the, the cape for the whole month. And so they're like wearing it throughout the month and um, stuff like that. And just the little things, I think they just need to know that like, I recognize that you are struggling with insanity that's going on. There's things going on outside of this. Um, so knowing that, knowing sometimes they just need a break and going to cover their classroom, like sometimes they just need a moment because life is hard right now. Um, and they just need a moment to like breathe and then come back in and then move on with their day. So anything that I can do like that, um, I've, I've tried my hardest to make sure I'm really listening, um, you know, not just being present on campus, but, uh, or physically here walking and talking to the teachers, but listening to what they're saying and knowing like when they're a little bit frustrated in their face, there's probably a more deeper reason to that. It had nothing to do with, you know, little Johnny didn't make his trash into, like he didn't put his trash into the trash can. It had nothing to do with that. Um, so like recognizing that, you know, sometimes they, they just need some extra time. Like there's a lot going on. So for our listeners, she's describing empathy, <laughs> just in <laughs> case you didn't, just in case that's unclear. I feel like that's something that we talk about in education, we share, but you are exhibiting what it means to be an empathetic leader. You're, you're putting yourselves in the shoes of the educators. You're saying, what, what would I need as an educator? And then just even sharing, listening, making sure that you're responding because you're right educators love to make sure like we tend to be people pleasers a lot in, in education or perfectionists. Um, we don't say no. I didn't say no today already. I don't say no either. We're all guilty of it. Like we just, we want to be so committed to our students and serving, but then at what cost? So I love that you are noticing not only what they say, but you're noticing how they are. And that is a true instructional leader. So, you know, thank you on behalf of your educators who you support. Like that, that really makes a huge difference for sure. So. You can't well, see me. I'm giving her, I'm giving her a thumbs up. You can't see thumbs up in a podcast. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's so hard, especially with teaching. It's like, sometimes you just go, go, go. And you don't, you don't stop to like, look out the window or see how your passengers is doing. Right. And it's like the way that you've just done this naturally during this time is, is remarkable because I'm sure your teachers appreciate it. And in turn, the kids appreciate it because their teachers are 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 happier with themselves and have had time to do whatever they need to do and therefore can do what they want to do, which is teach. So thank you. Yeah. I definitely have tried to do that as much as I possibly can for them. Um like I mean I I, I love it too though because like I get to still go in the classrooms, which I miss. And so I'm still getting to like work with a small group or you know I, today I taught um one of my favorite books to uh, compare. They were doing comparing text in second grade. And 
Um, I covered a class so she could go watch another teacher teach ELA. Um, and uh, so I was covering her little class and I got to do one of like my favorite stories and I don't get to do that stuff all the time now. So it's really kind of fun to do. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today, but we would love for you to give us your final thoughts. Any advice for other educators that are listening to the podcast who find themselves in instructional support role as we think about even moving forward for the rest of this academic year? Um, I think the best thing as an instructional, like as an instructional coach, the best thing you can do for your teachers is be present with them um, and let them breathe, like give them the, the space that they need because sometimes that's what, that's all they need. Be present with them and let them breathe. Well, thank you Hashtag so much. Hashtag grace. <laughs> <Yeah>. Give them grace. <laughs> yes, that that is so great. And it's so true. And thank you so much for your time, Elizabeth, and for being such an inspirational leader. And hopefully other leaders, whether they're school leaders, grade level leaders, teacher leaders, aspiring leaders, uh, will find everything that you shared helpful. So thanks again. Awesome. And where thank can you. people find... Oh, sorry. Where can people find us? <laughs> Please, as always, follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Associ and on Instagram at MyIReady. And we will also link Elizabeth's social handles in our show notes as well. So you can follow along with her too. As always, be sure to tag us in your posts so we can see the work that you are doing every single day. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We are here for you. So until next time, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.